0: Good song
1: oh yeah i like it
0: it's almost like throwback 80s rock
1: yeah and some of the guys in this band were in a band called boba flex from they nice, so i've seen a few times live really good
0: cool chris, problem. i'm here
1: hey meet jimmy jimmy meet chris
0: hey jimmy chris, how, how you doing, doing man? man
1: hey so we're gonna blame all of this on chris the whole delay is chris's fault that's what i was gonna
2: say man we were just talking about you right fucker <laughs>
0: Yeah, yeah, he was probably telling you some lies. He, he probably he probably told you that that he's actually uh, the Tiger King, and, and yeah, and then he'll come out and be like, he'll be like fuck, He'll be like fuck Carol Baskins, but deep fuck down Carol inside, Baskin. he's he's wearing leopard print underwear, you know. <laughs>
2: Man, that's, that's betrayal of the Tiger's print thing, man. That's right. I don't like that. You got to stay loyal to the Tiger Stripes.
1: <laughs> so anyway, thank you for joining us, Jimmy. I appreciate you taking the time.
2: Yeah, of course, Bruce. Of course, Chris.
1: So I, be- I wasn't familiar with your music till Sean sent it over, and it's, I mean, we listened to it. I think it's some really good hard rock. But for those not familiar with you guys, can you give us a two-sentence boardroom pitch?
2: Yeah, man. Um, I like to think, like, we're what would happen if... Like '70s, some of the classic '70s rock and roll bands started in the 21st century. Uh, we're not really trying to sound old or sound vintage, but we all take a lot of inspiration from it.
0: Okay,
1: that works. That
2: was a beautiful pitch, actually.
0: Yeah, I was Great. actually I was actually shocked because I have I've I've never heard of you guys before. But when I was doing my research earlier today. <laughs>
1: Why are Sorry, you, Jimmy. Why are you Sorry, laughing? Sorry, Jimmy. He doesn't do much research. He probably
0: listened to me five seconds before. No, this. no, 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 <laughs> no, 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 no. Today, I actually started doing research. This is the f- <laughs> we've
1: we we've, we've, we've
0: oh, been doing this man, podcast. We've been doing this podcast for what a year and a half. Yeah. And my lack of research has been the reason why we have such huge ratings.
2: But <laughs> yeah, right. Now, That's now. What I heard I heard it was called the worst research show on the <laughs> right, right.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> So, like now that I'm researching, I'm going to I'm uh, maybe I'm trying to tank the podcast, I don't know.
1: But this <laughs> is kind of strange. Columbus, so, man, I've
0: man. I've never heard of you guys, so I go to your Facebook page and I find out that A uh, a friend of mine who's one of the most celebrated music photographers in the world, Michael Clare, follows you guys. And a bunch of my friends from Vancouver also follow you guys. And I was like, Holy shit. How do I not know these guys? So
2: (laughs) did you do any further digging?
0: (laughs) Well, I I listened to some music. There wasn't.
2: (laughs) Okay. There you go.
0: There's not a lot of information. There's no wiki page or anything in your bio is pretty short. So it was hard to kind of figure out who you were. So this is a great opportunity to learn.
2: We, uh, we existed under a prior name, uh, with one other member who cordially, uh, Left our old band, and we pulled this uh, cool trick where you can just change your name on Facebook, yeah, and keep all your fans. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I've seen
1: you. I've seen you guys live a few times, and I've actually interviewed. Uh, I've been on the bus and done some video interviews with you guys before. Uh, okay, uh, where was that for Pure Grain Audio? And here in Richmond was the uh, over at the Canal Club.
2: Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. We played there with El uh, Nino, didn't we? Yeah, that was the night. Correct yeah 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 yeah. that was a. Uh, I i believe uh dave shivari that night flew home to see his family i think and uh their drum tech filled in i think that oh, was really that night. yeah i, I think Shat- was shattered
1: sure. sun on that one as well
2: man uh, i'm pretty sure they were there was like two yeah. um there was like two different legs of that tour where there was different support bands right it was up mil nino the whole time yeah. different support for each leg of the tour but i'm pretty sure they were on that
1: yeah i used to work for a different magazine uh, pure grain audio that did uh we, I did a bunch of yeah, videos stuff been, for man. them yeah 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 so yeah we've met before in the past down here in richmond okay okay word
2: yeah yeah
0: so now you know he's lying when he says he looks like jason momoa
2: no that's not <laughs> <laughs> damn man you had me fooled <laughs> it, was, it, was that, it was that deep dulcet tone of your voice man i <laughs> bought right in hook line <laughs> and stinker right <laughs>
1: I love it. But how are you guys dealing with um, not being able to tour and, you know, this whole nonsense we got going on now? Are you doing anything interesting or different to keep, keep up with your fans?
2: Yeah. Um, well, this was more of a financial uh, plan for us. I mean, with social media, it's so easy to just tell it. If nothing else, just tell a joke on Facebook and stay connected with your fans. So like that in itself was not was not really our fear through all this COVID stuff. Um, the fear is how to keep the business afloat, you know, right. because uh, it, it directly affected our ability to do shows, which is the primary income source for uh, for bands, right? In most in most genres. Um, so we kind of did this weird pivot where we have uh, we have a semi-private fan page outside of our uh, like our, our Lonely Ones page uh, that is run by uh, a third party, a friend of ours, Phil, and we basically. Opened up uh, an active merch shop and kind of pivoted into uh, t-shirt decal sales for the spring. And that's that's been our income source. And it's, it was kind of a weird, risky move, but it beat not making any money. You know? Right. So that was, our main, that was our main change that we made real hard, real fast. And yeah. made the adjustment. And it's been able to kind of keep us above water uh, financially. While, you know, for a new band, there's a lot of delays in how you get your sales in. As well, your album sales and whatnot, right? Um, so that was that was pretty much our immediate our immediate game plan was let's start making T shirts now, baby. So, so are you
0: guys are you guys <laughs> doing dropship merch? T-shirt. Are you doing dropship merch? Are you doing dropship merch or or are drop you? Ship. I'm not familiar with that term. It's um so like instead of making the investment up front and like printing off say fifteen hundred T shirts. A dropship is a company that will make the t shirt on demand.
2: Oh, uh no, 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 no. We we had enough we had enough uh capital saved up on the front end that we were able to invest in a few hundred shirts to start.
0: Cool. Yeah, I've
2: I've been but I learned a few words, that's cool. I've
0: been I've been I've been noticing <laughs> the reason I ask is I've noticed a lot of bands right now are doing dropship merch or looking for ways to do it. So because it was, Go ahead. We we
2: we have our stuff printed uh, through our friend that has a, a press and a screen printer. Um, so it's, you know, it's just easier to buy everything up front. And well, it's get definitely it, you know,
0: cheaper get it. too.
2: Yeah. You know, that was, we knew that we could expect a certain amount of sales right away. So it was, it was, it felt like the move to, to invest up front on something. Right. That makes sense. When yeah uh, when you guys were uh, writing,
1: how did this, uh, Quarantine affect your writing process? Did you end up taking more advantage of like mailing stuff back and forth, or was it? How did that work all
2: out? Yeah, you know. So we have we currently have eight songs uh, that will be released in some form or the other, whether that's an album or an EP or two EPs or whatever. We're, we haven't really decided yet. That all was done prior to the quarantine, so we we were planning on releasing that as an album at that point in time. Um, mm-hmm. That being said, you know, it it's been we've been trying to do our best to do our part as good, you know, healthy citizens and like not be up in each other's face writing constantly. But we have kind of dove into um the solo writing thing and trading ideas back and forth via that. Like I have a home studio set up. Uh Jake has a friend who he can get good demo recordings of done quite efficiently and cheaply. So We've been you know, coming up with an idea on our own and sending them to each other and go, hey, what do you think of this? What do you think of this? Instead of our normal process of all kind of uh, stirring everything up in the pot together. Do you find that
1: that is a, it makes things more sterile or not as organic when you're doing it that way? Or is that not really a concern?
2: No. Um, we've never had like one specific way that we write. Usually it involves the group of us or at least you know, three of us. In a room nice. together, in some form or the other. Um, Good. I wrote songs before. Oh, well, one second. We got some massive
0: technical problem going on here. Uh oh. What's that sound, Bruce? Do you hear that? No. Do you have your phone? Does oh, anyone man. have their phone near their computer?
2: <laughs> it was sitting on the counter. Sorry. Go ahead. Continue. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> no, but I mean in. In past, there was times where I or somebody else in Boba Fletch wrote a song pretty much solo and brought it to the band. So it's definitely not something that we feel lacks, And everybody gets their hands on it, you know, without a doubt. You know, that Right. I, I'm not going to tell Tommy how to write a drum part. He's no, no, no. I,
1: I get that. I was just wondering, like, you know, I think hard rock definitely benefits more than any other genre, maybe, from, like, everybody in a room banging things off each other.
2: Yeah, I, I think... Um, everybody puts their own fingerprints on the song before it goes to the studio for sure. Okay, That makes sense. It's just how much is started on the front end by one person or a group of people. Right. No, that makes sense. Totally. Chris.
0: So you guys have kind of like this, I don't want to say throwback sound, but like you said, you, you can definitely hear the influences that you have. Yeah. When, when you're playing live or even when you're recording, are you taking advantage of technology, or are you trying to keep it more simple, like like amps and guitars, and you know, bass amps and stuff, or are you moving towards stuff like a Kemper or an Axe Effects, or even just an amp modeler in a DAW?
2: I think I think at this point, um, anybody who is kind of fighting against that Kemper thing is 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 cutting themselves off at the knees. Uh, I'll put it this way. I on this new record or whatever we call it for the lonely ones, um, there is not a real bass amp on it. That is all Kemper. Granted, I you know obviously you model um, you model. Uh, I think I model a lot of uh, Aguilar and uh, old SVTs. Yeah. But it's just it's a lot easier to do. It's a lot faster. It's a lot more efficient. Um, and I defy anybody to tell me the difference between prior recordings I've done. With a live 1970 AMPEG versus this, and tell me which one's better. You know, I, it's it's just I think fighting it is, is, just an outdated kind of move. You know, right.
0: I'm not a religious guy, but could I get a amen? <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> Stupid. You know, I, yeah. I I think that it's I think it's about what you're writing and what you're creating. I you know I I dress like it's 1973, but I don't. That's just because i like it it's not like i'm trying to add on this like this extra stuff when i play through an old vintage looking amp or whatever i want what sounds good you yeah. know what i mean yeah. right
0: absolutely
2: i'm but i got carry it a lot of times
0: i'm a recording engineer and i started on tape and yeah. like i i remember when i first went over to pro tools in like 99ish mm-hmm. and i was there for like a year and then someone's like let's do a record on tape and i was like sure and I just remember how much I fucking hated it. I was <laughs> just yeah. like, this fucking sucks. I have this fucking console in front of me. It's throwing shit all over the place, like frequencies. I fucking hated it. I I just, oh, yeah. I never went back. I was just like, no way, I'm not doing this anymore.
2: So, I mean, it's, it's just a beautiful thing, man. I mean, it, you're, it allows you to be as good as you want. You know, people worry about having too many options and kind of that, um, you get frozen in the face of all of the plugins you can drop, or how how perfect can you get each take? But at the end of the day, a lot of the stuff we do on Pro Tools is like the bass tracks. It's only a few takes, just like it would have been on tape. You just have to discipline yourself.
0: Yeah, absolutely. To,
2: to get it right beforehand.
0: You you can use you can use it however you want. You know you don't have yeah. to you don't have to go through and edit the shit out of everything. You could use it like a digital tape machine.
2: Yeah, exactly. And, you know and.
0: And have the option of fixing a note here or there in a perfect yeah. take, which you wouldn't have had with tape.
2: Yeah. There's, there's plenty of times when, you know, we've gone, you know, we record something and sit on it for six months. And, you know, we, we've already got it mastered, and it's just sitting waiting to be released. And all of a sudden we go, man, I don't like this thing about this. I don't like the tone that I got. Guess what? We've already got the DI track saved. So I don't even have to book the studio time to go back and play it again with a new tone. We just take it back out of Pro Tools, send it to a reamp box, send it to the amp we like the sound of, and it's there. That's you know, I, I don't think anybody can really make a, too much of an argument that that is a bad thing. No. Right.
0: I agree. <laughs> Bruce?
2: So I'm going to get back to uh, The Lonely Ones. Oh, yeah. I'm in a band. I forgot. Yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs>
1: This we thing. have a habit. We have a habit of just like drifting completely off topic. Sometimes, I love like it. shit, we went thirty minutes and we didn't even talk about why we're here. So <laughs> 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 we were just the, the one before you. The reason we're late, we were ch- chatting with a band from South Africa, and we got totally into South African politics and economy. Oh, and he just guys- kept oh go- I mean, he kept going. I learned a whole lot. I didn't want to let him go. What's the What's the name of the band? I'll have to go pick this guy's brain. Face the Gallows, really good <laughs> heavy band. Yeah. Yeah, okay. there like a Check medical out. band out of uh, Africa, uh, South Africa. And yeah, okay. I mean, he was, Chris will tell you, he just kept chatting and it was so interesting. I kept saying, I got to stay because I'm learning. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't blame you, man. Good interview's a good interview. It don't matter how long it takes. But anyway, we said all that to say, so when you guys are writing for The Lonely Ones, are you um, writing with the live setting in mind, like how the song's going to come across on the stage? Or are you writing the song just
2: for a song's sake? A little bit of both, I suppose. Like, I get I get caught up and go too far, oftentimes because I forget that I have to play something live. (laughs) Right. And a lot of that, a lot of that ends up being not necessarily the bass part and not necessarily the vocals, but the combination of the two. Because I generally don't write my harmony vocal parts until after, you know, until after we've already recorded the music. so I, I guess I write individually with live in mind. Am I going to be able to sing this live? Am I going to be able to play this live? But then I'll always screw up and sing something that is almost impossible to play counterpoint to what, I, or to what I'm playing on bass. Right. If that makes sense. And oh, I'm yeah. having to watch myself in my room and do this weird mental tap dance where I'm figuring out how to play and sing at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> it, it happens almost every time. I hit panic and go, "It's it's over. You've written yourself into a corner. You can't perform this. And a few days later you come out of the cave. and You're like, okay, I can do it. I can do it. I swear. And then you got to trick yourself into it. Yep. Yeah. There's, there's a song on the, on the new record. Um, that I did exactly that there's a, it's, it's not released. So it's one of the songs that you guys haven't heard yet. Uh, if you send me your email after I'll send it to you so you can hear it though. Uh, but it's, I play a full on, like a guitar solo on the bass. And then, lo and behold, we added a vocal part in later, and I forgot that I was playing a bass solo, like a like <laughs> bends and everything. And I went, oh, my God, and I, I laid on my floor. I was so discouraged just singing and playing for game. <laughs> <laughs> and nice. I, got it. I nailed it. Eventually.
1: Awesome. So when you're writing your lyrics, is there a message or a takeaway your fans? You want your fans to walk away with after listening to a Lonely One's record? You know,
2: I very, very rarely write lyrics, um, so I, I can only give you secondhand what Jake and Marty write. Um, a lot of time, it, our, our kind of overarching goal that I think, speaking for them, is that it's mostly about kind of couching maybe some heavier subject matter, some darker subject matter in something that's a little more accessible on the first listen if that makes sense uh eternal sadness which was the first video we put out is a good example of that um you know it's a it's a very very dark song about some dark things that we dealt with and but we were like you know what it might be a little easier to to put this out there instead of having you know a, a sad somber piano part or some shit, uh having it be kind of put into like a my generation-esque 1965 the who kind of uh Big beat dance number.
0: Cool, uh, you know. Now that you say that, I'm I can hear that influence. I didn't hear it at yeah. the f- it at the first glance, but now I do.
2: Uh, thank you, man. Yeah, it's it. We were kind of going for that like bombastic drum and bass sound, where the the bass is almost more complicated than than the guitar, but there's that trade off. We've always kind of liked that sort of stuff.
0: And then you had to learn to sing it at
2: the same time. That one was the. Only one on the whole record that's actually pretty easy. <laughs> I was, I, I, got lucky, and all the hard bass parts happen to be when I'm not singing.
0: Cool, Bruce. Bruce, I think we you lost. There,
2: Bruce? I think
0: we lost Bruce.
2: <laughs> oh man, I was wondering when my applause kicked in. How do we? uh hold on, my screen went off. How do we get him back?
0: No, he's, he has bad internet. He's...
2: Uh Uh-oh. You taking over that or are we waiting?
0: Uh, I'm not sure yet. Let me just see if I can hear from him here. Uh, He just
2: messaged me and said, I am here.
0: I am here. Okay. Um, I guess, I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. Um, so is there anything, uh, or... Let me just ask this. Where can f- people go to find more out? Ugh. See, this is why I need bunch, Bruce. I, I can't right here. Maybe. Where, where can people go to find more out about the lonely ones? Uh,
2: there's, we haven't put a whole lot out yet, but if you Google it, you will find it. Every major social media platform, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, uh, video platforms like YouTube, music streaming platforms, Spotify, Amazon, Apple music, et cetera. We're, we're on all of that stuff, all the basics. Um, if you're looking for anywhere besides that, uh, you know, we have a bands in town page that we we are keeping up on our, um, you know, on our live show posting and whatnot.
0: Yeah, that's so strange, eh? Like suddenly, just bam, everything's done. It was such a strange time.
2: Yep. Yeah, it, it's it's been weird, man. You know, we uh, we started the band in. As a concept in july of last year and basically started this like you know laying down the train tracks ahead of ourselves what we thought we were going to be doing well past now well into 2021 and just you know with with nothing that just that it got pulled out from under us and everybody it's not like it's just about us um but i think the music industry was kind of the canary in the coal mine for that because i I knew. I feel like I knew things were were really fucked long before a lot of other people did because I I was hearing about shows canceling back in February.
0: Yeah, oh, Old,
2: yeah. Older, older performers um, through some friends of mine, guys were canceling their shows and whatnot. And uh, all of a sudden, we we had our, our first single, "Eternal Sadness," went live on March thirteenth. We had that planned way back. Like we knew that was going to be the day, and. March 12th was when everything in the state of Ohio shut down. Wow. And that was, you know, it was, it was, it was scary times. Cause we already, like I said, we already had that train track laid out. So all of a sudden we had to run ahead and pick a lot of it up and try to, re- you know, uh, revise everything, stop a lot of the releases that we were going to put out. Um, and then from there, you know, try to build that new plan which led us to that t-shirt thing. Like I was telling you.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you have to do something right. Like, it's It's such a strange time in the music business, and uh well, I think really for every business, it's been messed up because I remember my wife manages um like twelve restaurants at Dulles International here in d c okay, and, and uh like I just remember one day she went into work and there was no one there, and then suddenly, yeah. you know, it was, okay, you have to lay off ten employees and pretty soon it was 200 within like a week and a half and it just happened oh, wow. so fast and w- it was just insane we were like holy fuck that's you know saying yeah it was yeah that's crazy yeah it was oh. crazy
2: so yeah uh, go ahead good ahead. no no go ahead. Um, a few weeks before our uh a few weeks before everything kind of went down our uh the guy that owns our rehearsal space, which is also the guy that owns the studio we record at, Joe Veer's, uh, his son is a scout for the Columbus Blue Jackets, the hockey team. And oh. he came to us weeks prior. And he told us before anybody had made any announcements about anything, he said, that the Blue Jackets are canceling everything. Uh, and it was kind of like this weird inside look into a bunch of stuff. And that was kind of when we realized, like, oh, man, this is this is bigger than just the music industry getting cold feet. This oh yeah. Is like their sports leagues are canceling everything.
0: Oh yeah. So, but you're a hockey fan.
2: Not really. Uh, my oh. dad is, so I guess I, I my dad, uh, my dad was a, is an avid and was an avid hockey player and fan. Um, and I got the baseball bug from him. He grew up in Boston. Oh uh, yeah. So he grew the Red Sox all the way. Uh, I fucking hate I, the Bruins. I just grew up, you know what? You're not going to offend me with that because I don't follow any team that closely, but I, I moved out. He moved out when he was in his twenties to the Pacific Northwest where I was born. Yeah. Um, so, I, and there was no, there's no real like hockey presence in, in, you know, in the Seattle area. So I, I just grew up away from it. It was not, it was not a part of my day-to-day life. Oh, yeah, I'm from, uh, but
0: I'm, I'm not too far from Seattle. I, I lived in Vancouver for like 22 years. In, Can- okay. in Canada. I only recently moved to the States. So,
2: Okay. Yeah, I, uh, yeah so we're, we're from not too far from each other, or spent a lot of time there. I moved, I moved away in 2012, and I live in Ohio now.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was wondering, because you kind of sound like you're from the West Coast. I was like, man, <laughs> you don't sound like you're from Ohio.
2: <laughs> you know, it, it's funny. People from Ohio tell me I have a surfer kid accent, and people from the West coast tell me I have a Southern redneck accent. Really? So I don't, I don't know which one is true or if it's a mixture of the two. No, you sound like you're from Seattle. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. About uh, Tacoma. So was that 30 miles South probably?
0: Yeah. It's not too far. Yeah. But uh, I guess, I guess Bruce is having some technical issues. Um, Is there anything before, before I let you go, is there anything you want people to know about the lonely ones that, that you f- that is important
2: we're wilder than everybody you've already you think is the wildest band you ever met we're uh i mean we've calmed down a little bit in the last few years but we, you know any it's 24 7 for us it's not it's not a joke it's not a game it's not about the instagram clout none of it uh what you're hearing is real like i said a lot of it is uh is, is us in a room boys getting together writing the songs and whatnot um and it's gonna keep going after this you know this is all this COVID stuff is scary and not nice but uh we've lived through a, a lot worse on the personal front we've had a lot bigger hiccups so you know hopefully hopefully everybody comes out of this better and stronger and i know we're gonna
0: dude that's a great way to end this thank you so much for joining us today that was it was a real pleasure not only just getting to talk to you, but also discovering your band. So thanks so much. Thank you very
2: much. Yeah. All right. right. And uh, Bruce, good luck getting your service back. (laughs) He just messaged me. I don't know what's happening. (laughs) I also don't know what's happening. So that's okay.
0: That's the story of my life. If it wasn't for my wife, I don't know what the hell I'd be doing. So, (laughs) all right, Jimmy, thank you so much, man. Take it easy, eh?
2: Thank you. Be good.
0: Yeah, you too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.